Welcome to the tip show. I've just hit the record button. I've been talking for a while now before we've gotten started. So thank you to everybody who came out and keeps me warm and lubricated and all the rest as I uh, <clears throat> as I move my way through things. So I just need to be clear about this. I haven't gone out at all in 2019. I haven't gone out. I haven't gone out. No, I've gone to some dates, but like the dates that I went were like some cafes and stuff. Like, I've gone to some shows, but it was, like, heart and shit, so I was the youngest person there besides, like, you know, nurses that were paid to put people in and out of vans going back and forth from the concert. You know, it was, it was, it's, it's been an interesting not social year uh, as I've been wrestling with my PTSD. Uh, just, uh, I, I... Just I've uh, I I when I got in that car crash, it was really bad. It activated my PTSD uh, in, in a way that it had not been since I started dealing with it in therapy a couple of years back, and it really it it really was some backsliding in so far as the ability to leave the house at some points. And I've talked about this, and that's kind of the tone for for starting off this new year. I got in a big fight with a close friend over the holidays. I pushed myself for the holidays. Uh, I didn't get to spend time with with friends over the holidays like I promised I would because of this fight with this person, and between that fight, the the lack of of of, of spending holidays with friends like I said I was, and uh, the car crash and, and everything that that brought up, uh, I just I found it real hard to leave the house sometimes, guys. I really did. So there there are some stretches in 2019 where I don't leave the house for seven, ten, fourteen days in a row. But from where I'm sitting now, that's pretty well conquered, and I've been able to get up and leave the house every time I've needed to for months and months now. And I've, I've you know, just real brief in summary, because I want this to be a fun show, and I want everybody to, to be with me and why I'm, why I'm smiling despite the frustrations and everything. Uh, we're not going to go over the whole sorrow and frustration of the last two years. That's not gratitude, and it's not grateful, so let's not do it. Uh, instead, just know that as I started healing in June, the first beautiful, wonderful thing was that my body healed. And I had more energy, and I just, I naturally, <clears throat> think things just worked better, like my brain. I could just think better. I don't know how else to put it, and uh, I've tried a hundred analogies, and none of them feel right, such as I've tried a hundred analogies. And shortly after I began to just be better, which is the thing that I celebrate and I put up on social media, I began to really feel better about me, about my thoughts and my being and my personhood and who I won and who I've been. And again, I've tried metaphors and there's caterpillars and there's Roman legions and none of them feel right because none of them are me. Because what I went through, I went through. And... I think a lot of you are going to be tempted to say something like, you suffered and you came through, and uh, please don't. I'm with Anna Gadsby. Suffering is awful, and it's weird when people who don't know you especially celebrate it or attribute your success to it. It's a weird sensation. <laughs> kind of feels like you're just justifying my pain, dude. So uh, please hear how grateful I am, really and truly. Um, that I'm in a place now 
where I just, I jumped on the trampoline. I said, I can't take it anymore. I got in a fight with my neighbors. The reason why there's been less and less recording for a bit here is because my neighbors have gotten louder and louder with more and more company. And I asked them to keep it down. I asked them for two things, keep it down past certain hours and allow me access in and out of my parking space from when I actually have the ability to leave the house. And they respected neither. And this particular conflict, uh, I handled myself pretty well, I think. And uh, they just made it clear that I was going to have to go and get in their faces anytime I wanted one of these two things. Or there was a chance, as long as I was here. So I just pressed the eject button before I had any plans. And here's what I didn't tell you guys. <clears throat> so I, on the 1st of October, I go and I leave and I see about a place. This is right before I hit the eject button. I hit it on the 2nd. And I see the realtor and I go in and it's a single family house. And it's a little bit more expensive than what I've got here, but just a little bit more it's not that much nicer. The recording was going to be a little bit difficult because it was basically a studio. Like they say it's a one bedroom, but it's basically like a studio. And I saw it and I immediately put an application in that day. They said, this is fantastic. We talked back and forth. We made a handshake deal. I say, you know, if I do this, I have to put in my notice. I have to put in my 30 days. Otherwise, I'll have to pay an extra month at my old place. Sure, sure. We understand. I do this on the first of this month. As soon as I give them the application fee, they text me to say that they went with somebody else. As soon as I paid it to them. As soon as I sent it in. Not rude, Sierra. They fucked me. All right, you can tell that Sierra's never rented a fucking place. Sorry, you can tell Sierra's in her early 20s. No, not rude. I had to say that I was going to be evicted from my current place, and they waited till they got that plus the money from me to say goodbye. So that could have really set me back. That could have been a real PTSD fucking nightmare. But all I did was immediately sit down and say, I'm going to need your help with some fucking money and let's get me out of here. Because the impulse was right to get out of here I knew that much. And then I made a real good faith attempt to do it on my own. And then it didn't work. So fuck it. And I sat down and I wrote, Let, get me the hell out of here. And you guys have been absolutely amazing. I can't tell you thank you enough. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I can't tell you how much I've been bowed over. I can't tell you how, how strange and rewarding and crazy it's felt. People have come out of the woodwork to give large amounts of money. Women I've not known before. Women I've not really known since. A couple of DMs here and there. Making it clear that I was important to them and why and why this big sack of money was coming from them. Because I asked for it and because I asked for something good. And why that meant something to them. Why that was good to them. Why that was important enough to them. And, boy, if I had tried to do that two years ago, I would have folded like a goddamn card table. I would have collapsed upon myself. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I would have been crying. I would have been shaking. I would have been hitting the refund button. 
I know how strange that must sound to you, but I'm just, I just, I couldn't. Long ago, when I was first trying to be convinced to be the Grey Knight by my then-girlfriend and my shrink, both of them tag-teaming me to do this, both of them telling me every week, you got to do this. My shrink once told me that I had the most, he said in a very nice way, the most messed up relationship with gratitude and praise that he had ever seen. Because I legitimately thought, yeah, this is my shrink, my, I legitimately thought at this point in my therapeutic process that if you paid me 50 bucks, if you sent me a $50 tip, that I had manipulated the shit out of you and I was awful. There's no way I did anything to deserve anything like that. I was going into therapy sessions. Uh, somebody with, I had one person at that point, I was much less money was coming in. It was a much smaller project. At that point, <laughs> at that point, literally 40% of my income was uh, going to housing and like 12% was going to therapy. <laughs> It's a good thing I own my fucking car. Uh, so, so when I when I was in Eliza, uh, if you saw me with the Eliza playthrough, for anybody who watches me do the video games or anybody in the YouTube about that, and you saw me yell about how much the old lady's therapy cost, there might have been a personal investment in that particular screed. <laughs> I might, I, I might have saw myself in the old lady a little too closely. Anyway, <laughs> at this point in my therapy, at this point in my gray night process, there's, there's, there's only one person paying three digits with any kind of regularity. I would never have done any kind of phone sex. I never would have considered myself capable of it, despite knowing how my voice sounds. I'm not immune. I know how my voice sounds. I literally just did a utility call... <laughs> <laughs> and the woman talked about how fucking great my voice was. And she wasn't even selling me anything. I don't think. I do have three new subscriptions to magazines. But I'm pretty sure that's just the way she flirted. <laughs> Women are so dumb. Oh my god. They'll laugh at anything you say if you just give them 20 to $80 in commission metrics. <sighs> they got you in the first half, not going to lie. I didn't get any in the first half. You know that that was not going to go anywhere. That wasn't All right, all right. I'm sorry. Let me get back on track because I really do. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I want to try and keep it a little bit tighter. Uh, it's very meaningful to me. So back in that this point in my process, getting money is still very complicated. Uh, asking for money is still very complicated. If you go back, there's a patron piece at this point where I switch from uh, uh, a coffee, a cold coffee that has dairy to non-dairy because it's better for my tum-tum, but it was more expensive. I actually talk about that for like three minutes at one of the patron thank yous in 2016, I think. Like that's how tight things were at certain points of this with my health and, and with finances. And I have this really, really complicated, not just issue with asking for help. Lots of people do. Um, but getting it felt horrible. Getting it felt awful. That's the part that was different is a lot of people seem to 
ask for help, but the asking is the hard part. Uh, getting it would make me feel like a bad person. There's no other way around it. If I if I cast a net and I said, I need help, I need money, and I got it, I felt bad. And I would go into therapy and I would ask him, what am I doing? Do I need to go back to selling cars? And my therapist, after a while of this, finally said, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Uh... And the reason why he did that is because I talked about giving $5. This Again, my money's real tight at this point, And I talk about giving $5 to, to Wikipedia. And he just goes, hold up. Because <laughs> the money I was giving him was okay. But the $5 to Jimmy Smits or whatever the fuck his name is. It's Jimmy Smits that runs Wikipedia, right? It's Jimmy Smits. I'm almost positive it's Jimmy Smits. I'm not going to go back. The actor Jimmy Smits, he created and runs Wikipedia, correct? Jimmy Smits, the Latino man, heartthrob, 6'5 or so, perhaps 6'9. He's always just towering over everybody. They don't even cast him with Latinas because they can't reach him on the screen. Jimmy Smits, he runs Wikipedia, right? It's Jimmy Smits. I'm almost positive. It's Jimmy Smits, always asking for the money. Jimmy Smits, every couple of years, knocking on your door, asking if you've seen... This child, or if you have $5 for him to keep running Wikipedia, Jimmy Smits, right? I'm pretty sure. Jimmy Smits. It's the Jimmy Smits Wikipedia routine for three people who know who runs Wikipedia. Yes, there's not a lot of fucking Jimmys, all right? That's the bit. Yes, I know it's Jimmy Wales. Stop it. He doesn't look any, he's not Latino. They don't, they couldn't look, sound, or act any less alike. It was just a Jimmy joke. Don't get rustled over it. Don't get rustled over my Jimmies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm supposed to be talking about gratitude. <laughs> you can see how little I feel these days. <laughs> 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 I had a real fucked up relationship with praise, uh, with putting myself out there, with getting what I asked for. Not just asking for it, but getting it. I had a real moral conundrum. And that took a lot of therapy. That took a lot of unpacking. People have maladaptive thoughts and behaviors in their heads all day, every day. I'm just being real open about one of mine that I, I had to get it out to get here. I understand that that's a very different starting place from you. It, it may be an unimaginable starting place for some of you, but that was mine. So it took me a little longer to get here. But now that I'm here, can I just say, a lot, a lot of people get to this point. They get to their precipice. And then they get afraid, or they get nervous. They second-guess themselves. Their hands shake, and they wonder if they've really deserved it. So while what I'm talking about with my mental struggles, with my therapy, with the way I've chosen to live, and the, and the upward struggles of it may sound very confusing to you, one upside of the way that I live my life is that I don't ask until I know that I'm ready. Until I know that I deserve it. 
I don't need anyone else's permission. I don't need anybody else's blessing. By the time I'm there, the decision was made a mile back. I, I, I'm not going to come to this war empty-handed, friends. By the time I'm there, by the time you see me, the fight had already started for you. You better hope. <laughs> so, however strange of a, of, a, of a shambling cognition that is to move from place to place, to have to know where you're going to be in three steps before you take your next, to really have to, not in some beautiful mind or the way that it's portrayed in movies where the psychopath is always sexy, but to really, what's A? What's B? What's C? When A goes wrong, how do we pivot? When B goes wrong, how do we step forward? A, B, C. And it's not really something to romanticize. You give yourself all kinds of anxieties over it. But if you master it, or if it masters you, whichever way it goes, then by the time it comes time to celebrate, you're excited. So <clears throat> let's switch from gratitude to excitement, because that is entirely where I'm at right now. I've been fairly blissful since I signed the papers yesterday morning. Uh, I, I kept saying to myself I was going to go out, I was going to get a drink, or I was going to get some beer, and I haven't because I've literally been that happy. Instead, I've literally just cleaned up for a little bit and then put on some music or started packing and then get, gotten something done uh, or, or tried to plan out how to cook every last possible calorie that I fucking can in my kitchen so I can move as little as possible because I'm now going to go into a sketch. This is the one thing that I've written for tonight, and it's called Operation Flower. And this is going to be, unfortunately, I'm going to be calling some of you out. I don't know who. No one's ever confessed to me that they've done this behavior. But I'm just going to call you out because you're an idiot. And unfortunately, I think, unfortunately, the your is just about all of you. I'm sorry, because I was almost one of you. And then I realized I stopped in a moment of high THC clarity and went, wait, wait, you're smarter than this. Let me tell you why. You're going to think that I'm insulting you. I am. But then I'm going to say it a second time slower. So it's really going to sting. It's that kind of comedic routine. So I'm moving places, and I have a kitchen, and I cook a lot of stuff from home from scratch. So there's your baking sodas and your bacon. You know, there's your various alchemical reagents, reagents around the kitchen. You got your spices. You got your bases and what have you. And some of them transfer over real smooth. Okay? Some of them, like my giant bag of rice. Hey, it's a giant bag of rice, baby. Move it over. It's got a handle on it. Don't overthink it. Just seal up the hole. Pick up the bag. Throw it in the trunk. Pull it out the trunk. Boom. You've moved your rice. It's worth it. It's a big bag of rice. It's a $25 bag of rice. You know how much is in rice? 25 pound of rice? I'll tell you exactly how many. <laughs> 293 troy ounces. It's a callback from earlier. All right. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Moving a giant bag of rice. Ah, <clears throat> oh, makes sense. But then, after you've got your, your easy moves, your piece of cake moves of your food. This is just food goods. This is not cookware. This is not anything. This is just food. This is organic material and organic material accoutrement. All right? Don't get fucking technical with me here. I thought this through. So then, after you have your easy moves, you have your mid-range moves. And this is like your spices, all right? So this isn't like your metal canister of basil, all right, that you can seal up and it clasps and you know it's going to be completely sealed, all right? This is now 100% like, you know, your chia seeds with the zip tie that you had to you had to cut open, right? This is your this is your uh already open thing of clabber girl bacon soda. Where if that top comes off, all hell is gonna unleash. So you gotta, you know, you're not gonna throw them out or anything, but you gotta pack them a little bit carefully. Alright? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. Like some can, like every one of those canisters that you're putting in the spice box, you're looking at. Like, are you gonna fucking turn on me? Huh? You gonna fucking turn on me, paprika? What about you, cumin? Huh? Get the salt and pepper, and you're like whispering to them, like, guys, I know I can trust you, but I have a real bad fucking feeling about that Chinese five spice. Just look at him. You telling me he looks steady to you? You telling me he looks secure? You telling me we can count on? You think you can lean on him when the pressure gets tight and he's not going to crack? I'm not trying to be racist. I know. I know he's the only Asian here. And I'm saying that I think he's the mole. But I think that fucking Chinese five spice is the fucking mole. <laughs> <laughs> So there's, you know, you've got you got to really evaluate with these spices. You got to like look it up because that's exactly what I did. I was like, well, I'm gonna just use my grocery delivery service and see how much it is to replace this half done thing of sesame oil because I don't remember exactly how much it costs to get a thing of sesame oil. I don't. I want to do the evaluation. It's one. It's it's four dollars for a thing of sesame oil. Shit, that's two dollars worth of sesame oil. God, but if I spill it, that'll be like. 50 cents worth of paper towel and like 20 middle fingers. It's going to set Dick Cheney's death back like hours. Uh, you got to like do this calculus. And that's when I got to the flour. I got to the bag of flour. And it's a mini bag of flour. So it'd be really easy to move. And that's what I first did with my first impulse. I thought, well, I'm not going to do any baking over this weekend. And it's an only five-pound bag of flour that I've already used a fair bit out of. It's only two to three pounds of flour. And so I get out one of the bags, a little plastic bag that my grocery delivery service uses, which blows my fucking mind because they're a grocery delivery service. Haven't they figured out canvas bags yet? Anyway, one of the plastic bags that comes. And 
I put the, I, I get the plow, I get the little paper and I crease it and I roll it down. I dog ear it both ways and I, oh, last second, oh, flip it around, oh, defy those expectations. And then dog ear it from the other end, yeah. Get it in all nice and tight. And then I put it gingerly in my plastic bag, which I begin to then tie around the top. And I say to myself in my head, you are definitely not going to be spilling any flour. And I mean it to myself. You're definitely, like, there's no way. Both bags are sealed. So you're definitely not going to be spilling any flour. And I believe it. And then I have an epiphany. And I... Open that, I untie that fucking plastic bag, and I pull the fucking flower out, and I throw the goddamn bag in the trash. And here's why. Let me tell you what the epiphany was. Let me tell you what it was. Because you think, oh, he realized he was going to spill flour. No. No! I realized I wasn't going to spill flour. I realized that that was a perfect fucking system. Here's what I also realized because of the calculus of the sesame oil and the fucking basil and all the rest. Ready? Here was the secondary calculation that popped back up after I started sealing it in the second bag. Ready? So what? That was the whole fucking calculation. And I realized from the bottom of my heart that taking all the time in the world to seal up the little bag and seal it up again and then put it in the cardboard box, but not on top because it's still heavier than most of the stuff in there, so we got to put it in the corner. We got to put it in the corner, then we got to put all the stuff around. That if I did all of that fucking perfectly, and I was about to do it all perfectly, I was already doing the hard parts, that the maximum achieved result is no spilled flour. If I did all of that flawlessly, the achievement unlocked on the other side is moved without spilling flour. You know another way to achieve that fucking achievement? Do you know another way that you can get... Because that's the only thing I achieve if I do all this successfully, which I know that I would... But that's the only thing that I would get out of it. Do you think I'm going to be baking with flour the first fucking weekend in my goddamn new place? Am I out of my goddamn mind? (laughs) So I just cut out the fucking middle, man! Man! I threw that fucking bag of flour in the trash. It went with a thud. It took down the fucking Chick-fil-A container that I had gotten out earlier. The empty, hollowed-out husk that once contained fried sandwiches. The bag itself would, like, gave a sigh. Like, I can't believe you're this fucking lazy. Why did I have to get sent to America? Like, you can see the French wording on its fucking packaging. It thought it was all excited. Thought it was going to be used by some Montreal couple for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) So I threw the flower fucking out. 
Here's the other thing. I'm trying to move as little food as possible. I said this. This is like my Tetris. Like, I don't care if I make an extra trip back or forth in my car. Don't give a shit. Some people care about that. I don't want to move the food houses. I don't want to move a single more calorie more than I have to. And so let me just tell you, everything is au gratin. Everything. I don't... Uh, oatmeal au gratin. Uh, every... I mean... <laughs> I was like, oh man, I, I have to eat these tomatoes. And I better have them with some fucking mozzarella, because that's the only cheese in there that remotely pairs with them. Fuck. I don't want to waste a single dollar or a single calorie. And let me just say, this is, I'm going to end this with a true story. This is when I was much, 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 much younger. I grew up very poor. As I've talked about, there's been some hardship. I don't particularly want to go over it. Uh, I grew up fairly poor, and I grew up fairly abused. And between the two, when food was wasted, so was my self-esteem. We can put it pretty... I'm not going to miss that fucking traffic at all. <sighs> uh, and so I totally lost it on and would not see or hear the apologies of a gal who burnt a frozen pizza. That was her crime. And she was never forgiven because that was such a sin to me at that point in my life. Because at that point, I had seen few things that I thought were that – like to me, that was like spitting on a homeless man. I could not fathom that I was with somebody who did that and it freaked me out. Now, I've, I've, I've pulled way back from there, guys. I promise. This is, this is a long time ago. Way back from there. That was wrong of me in every way i was being a judgmental asshole i was rationalizing abuse that had all kinds of stuff was going on there below my hood that had nothing to do with her and her actions i see that now uh but i do i do want to say that that kind of that kind of thinking is difficult to to detach yourself from <laughs> and, and so i i mean she charred that she forgot it i mean she charred the fucking thing like, before anybody, like, said it, she's like, she didn't overcook it. She left it in for hours. It was a black fucking, it was a hockey disc. She forgot about the pizza, is why it fucking pissed me off. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah. <laughs> and she was sober, too. She was the soberest of all of my exes. No, I shouldn't say that. She was close. Uh, anyway. So that's 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 pretty much where uh, I'm I'm coming from into the the jump forward. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the flower bit. I ended it too long ago. I'm so rambly and I'm not even that fucking high. Just in a real good mood. So why am I so in such a real good mood with the moving? Because you know that I'm moving and you know that's putting me in a real good mood. But why is that putting me into such a good mood? Well. First thing is, I'm going to tell you about the first thing that I'm going to drop off uh, coming this week uh, at my place. The very first thing that I'm going to drop off to help me and Mrs. Kitty adjust, mostly Mrs. Kitty, is I'm going to drop off some of my dirty laundry for me to do later so that it smells like me, especially in the one room that I'm going to drop Kitty off in when we get there, uh, so that uh, there's a little bit of an odor. And the other thing that I'm going to bring in 
uh, and let sit overnight before uh, I really get uh, going on anything is I'm going to take over all of my Christmas decorations and I'm just going to drop them in the fucking living room because I'm not going to unpack them. I'm just going to go straight into fucking Christmas. I'm just going to go straight into Christmas and the first tree yard should be up midway through November. And when it is, so shall I get a tree. You guys are asking when you can see the place. Uh, if you're going to be able to see the place, will I be as shy about this place? The answer is I won't be as shy about this place. I will absolutely be taking pictures and showing you more. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but uh, I'm going right into Christmas. I'm going to make it feel homely. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and take some pictures when I'm comfortable with that. Uh, so that's one reason I'm super excited. All right. Reason number two. I'm very excited for this new place. I have PTSD, and sometimes motorcycles, sometimes loud cars come by, uh, and they upset me. Now, not getting recording done is the part of it that upsets you, but sometimes loud noises upset me. And I don't know why I've put up with it so long, besides that I had a lot of trouble letting go, and because I needed to build the project up to a certain point uh, before I felt comfortable paying more uh, before I felt comfortable putting myself out there and making myself uh, responsible to other people for longer. Because as long as I was here, I could frankly have a real shitty two, maybe three months and still be able to pay Ali's uh, quote-unquote salary, uh, symbolic salary. Uh, but really, I could, I, could, I could really be sick here and screw the pooch here, and it was safe. I could. And it was fine. Um, and, 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 and really, I was scared to move beyond that because I was sick, so sick up until fairly recently. I kept getting better and better and you can hear it. And then I think if you just start listening to the audio starting in July from now, it's pretty much the same voice. I think I sound better now as well, but I mean, I think it's pretty much the same voice and the better attitude and all the rest. And it just it just it's it's it it's 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 really opened up a lot of po it's given me so many spoons it's opened up possibilities it's made me feel so much more hopeful and less you know uh like i'm cloistered like i have to defend myself from every insult and every like there's i'm just going to say i'm going to use my language here there's jerk faces in here who have decided of all the things they could do with their saturday night is tell me that they don't like how i'm about to decorate my house they could choose to do anything else with their time besides be in the one place that you shouldn't say that. And instead of losing my shit over it, I'm just going to casually not flip them off to hasten the death of Dick Cheney. I'm just going to let them have it. If they think it's too early for Christmas to my fucking face, so goddamn be it. No one stops me from murdering anymore. I have control over myself. <laughs> boy, that's boy. If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there, that took a weird turn. But you're probably used to it. So here we go. Uh, so uh, I'm just so excited. I'm gonna be taking the Christmas stuff and the clothing down there. It's gonna smell a little bit like me. I'm gonna have the clothing in a room. I'm gonna move it to the garage because that's where the laundry station is. Uh, uh, oh yeah. By the way, there's gonna be a laundry in the new place. I'm so excited. I got everything I wanted in the new place. All the amenities. Anyways, so. Uh, 
the clothing is going to smell like me and the kitty because uh, she sleeps on my clothing and shit sometimes. This is all the dirty clothing and whatnot. And then I'm going to take Kitty down. Kitty loves her cat carrier. She loves her cat carrier. She sleeps in it voluntarily. I catch her in it once to twice a week. She loves – I sprung on her cat carrier and she loves it. It's all padded and soft and she can see out the sides. It's got like you know cute little portholes for cats and shit. Uh, so – Hopefully, I'm just going to get her in there all soft and smoochy. I love you, baby. I love you. Get the fuck in the fucking... No, get the... No, fucking... I love you. Get the fucking... God... So much easier than last time. Thank you. Whew. All right. Okay. And I'm going to take her down, and hopefully she'll chill out in the room. You know, I'll, I'll let her out and, you know, do that same bit, but reverse it. And, uh, and, and this place has two uh, bedrooms. <laughs> wow, that really, that really landed. All right. I didn't think that bit was going to do so great. All right. Five, me. Uh... <laughs> it's got two bedrooms and so I can just let her chill uh, inside that room while she gets all adjusted uh, and just, you know, chill out this is this is the room, this is what it smells like now this is your new place uh, and then when she wants me she'll, you know, she'll mew pathetically and then uh, I'll open the door and we've got the two bedrooms the second bedroom is much smaller than the first i don't know which of the two i'm going to be able to record in cuz i don't remember which of the two has the connection for the internet uh but either or one of them is just a little bit smaller than the other they're both totally capable of converting into a studio i don't think i'm going to have to spend much uh if anything at all i think i have all existing materials that i need because one thing that really sucked about this is that this place is basically a studio with a bedroom attached to it, and therefore it's been very difficult to record in here uh, certain voices, certain frequencies, uh, and just in general with the with the noise and whatnot passing by. And so I have a lot of additional carpets and fabric and what have you that I'm going to be able to, even if it's the larger of the two rooms i got to modify, uh, it should be just easy peasy, just super quick setup. I can't imagine it's going to be difficult. I've thought about like everything that could possibly happen to slow down recording, uh, either in the manufacturing of, of that new studio space or just hitting the ground running. And the answer is even uh, the worst parts of it all, it's just not going to affect it. It's just not going to be a big deal. Uh, so I'm very excited for setting up this studio. We haven't really had a studio at any point in this. We're going to have one. We're going to be able to lock up the cat, close the door, walk down the hall, close the other door. If the kitty's having a conniption, too bad. The microphone's definitely not going to catch it, so who cares? Uh, and my God, it's so exciting. Uh, okay, next. Uh, it's got real life appliances. It's got real appliances. I've had a shitty oven and a shitty fridge. It's got a real fridge. It's got a real oven. Uh, it's not like a nice house in any way, shape, or form. It's just a beautiful house to me. It's got a real kitchen with real kitchen space. Um, when you see it, you're going to see that it's not like super modern or, or super sleek or anything like that. Uh, I guarantee you I'm over the moon happy more than I've ever had sleek corporate housing. I like this particular uh, house a whole lot. Uh, 
uh, uh, it's got the garage, like I said, and the garage does have the ability to go ahead and do a laundry station and set up with that. It's pretty much one of the last things I wanted. Uh, and then this is going to be a little bit hard to explain, uh, but this does go back to the fact that I'm asking you guys pretty much to say, do you think I've been different the last four months? Because I sure fucking do. Do you think from July 1st until October 31st that I've really been different without trying? Because I do. And this is predicated on that. Because if your answer is no, if your answer is I don't see it yet, if your answer is no, if your answer is I give me more information before you before we keep going, I totally understand. Allow me just to say, especially since I've been late with the podcast episodes and some patron pieces, allow me just to say, full ownership, I get it. Especially since I've had failures to launch before. I get it. Um, but I, you, you can probably hear that there's no shame in my voice because I've also given it my college try to keep everything straight up rolling along. Straight up rolling along and keeping on going before I tapped out. And tapping out and not feeling shame is new for me on a biological level. As I talked about asking for money earlier, cause shame and getting it cause shame. It was a double dose every single time. And just like I had to weed out and get away from that impulse, uh, it, it's it's been really it's been really fascinating and encouraging and nourishing to dig deep into these last four months and say, I I think that you have so much a better hold. I think food tastes better. And I think water tastes better. And I think things that frustrate you are frustrating you less. And, and, and. To really feel that way about myself these last four months. To really feel as though I have a different relationship with anger and shame and despair, and all the rest. Everything that holds me back, all my demons, I've just felt on top. And so the biggest amenity that I didn't think I was going to get and everything else, because this is pretty far away from major streets, it's on a quiet street, like like I said, it, it, everything about recording should work out great, there's always the unforeseeables, but really, it's everything that we could ask for as the Grey Knight fandom, and, and, and what I wanted, what I listed as amenities... Uh, as as Jack living there, so not just our studio, but also my living space. It has a both, and the number one amenity for me, for me, not for you, for me, for Jack, was a six month lease. Twelve month leases are are easy. Two year leases are easy. Six month leases are hard. But I rolled the bones, even though I really liked this place. Because I wanted that six-month lease, even though it makes people a little bit sketchy and a little bit afraid. And I want it because I look back at the last four months, and I say, I see it. I feel it. So I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. I really don't. But it is my intention, after we get everything situated in November, after we get everything right away, yeah, after we're rolling along, I'm really going to try and be aiming for California, for L.A., in six months. I really think that I'm, I'm, I'm on the path, and I'm ready for it, and I won't have to shake 
a big jar of money uh, for that move either. I really don't. Uh, I'm not going to be spending all the money that you guys are giving me now uh, to be just just to sell myself a little bit on the happiness and why I ask for additional moving fund. Uh, this is all my holiday like traveling and like my fun stuff too for the next couple of months. I'm putting it all in advance. Uh, so that's that's why I'm asking for big money, uh, and we'll see what happens with it, you dirty witches. All right, I just really like that I put that out there. All right, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I'm going to have to ask for a big bag of money when I move next time either. Uh, I think I'll. I think I'll be able to, even though it's a more expensive place. My intention is. We're really going to be rocking and rolling a lot of fucking shit out. Me and Allie both. And even though I'm heading to, a, a more, again, a more expensive place, um, I just feel so confident about what I'm going to be able to do at this next step. You guys have been so encouraging with not just the 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 money that you've donated but then also w- with with what I've asked for with with podcasts and spreading that and the books I I feel encouraged I feel ready um I can't wait to get in here and see if I'm right I can't wait to get in here and bet on myself I I'm so honored and I'm so grateful for everybody who has bet on me who has continued to do so will continue to do so believes in me uh, for once, I'm saying all these wonderful things about me and us in the future, and I'm not having to hold back tears because it just feels so ready. It feels so right. It feels so next step. I don't know. I don't know when or where it's going to happen. I don't. But it feels like it's going to be within my hand. And therefore, it's a bit silly for that hand to be shaky. So, um, <clears throat> that is my update on how everything is going right now. Why this move is so exciting, in particular for you. Why this move is so exciting, in particular for me what you've been funding and supporting. (laughs) And last off, I guess before we get right into the uh, requests, uh, it's a a sin. It's almost criminal for me to say right into anything. There should be a Pee Wee Herman effect when I say, let's get right into, or we're going to get right into, it's going to be very quick. Coming up right away, soon, up next, any of these really should just electrocute me. Don't you think God should strike me dead? (laughs) All right, assholes, let's just talk about me putting up Christmas, quote unquote, too early. All right, let's just get into it. Since it did get me a little bit, got me a little bit, got me. All right, let's get into it. I don't judge you when you start drinking at two p.m. when you when you're sitting there after your hard, shitty fucking week, 
your boyfriend's broken up with you and you can't find the matching pajama top to your bottoms? Been listening to Amy Mann for two hours straight? You pop open that fucking drink? I don't pop up at your window and go, Tooly! When you were buying a fucking cell phone with an $800 cash advance so Josh wouldn't notice your fucking braces when you were flirting with him, did I pop up behind you at the shitty fucking Sprint store at the outlet and go, Tooly! No, I sure didn't. When you said I do to the man that you love because he showed you what it meant to be good, but you don't know how he's going to break your heart because he has another family in Buffalo, do I jump up only to have said, I could have interrupted when you said speak a piece, but too early! No. So how about I, how about you make your fucking creepy weirdo mistakes with your life? And you let me make my weird, creepy mistakes with mine. Because I'm not saying there's anything acceptable about a man stringing together popcorn and cranberries on October 31st while his cat screams and yowls bloody murder in the background. I'm not saying it's an ideal situation, although I will say... If trick-or-treaters somehow managed to pick the front door and walk in, they would get a fright. (laughs) Here's my thinking. Let me just... You heard how long I talked about the fucking grains of flour, okay? Here's my thinking. I have to move the Christmas boxes over anyway. One. Two. The Christmas boxes are in a fuck-all fucking spot. (laughs) Three. If I take them from one fuck-all fucking spot, because that's where you put your Christmas boxes, I'm going to put them in another fuck-all fucking spot in the garage. (laughs) And then four. I'll have to pull them out of the fucking garage and decorate. So fuck it. Fuck it. La 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 la. Fuck you. I'm just gonna decorate <laughs> when I bring him over. Let me ask you something. You got a Christmas tree stand. You've probably got more than one, asshole. You probably only spent like $12 for yours, and then you kept buying them, because every couple of years they'd break a little, but then you'd keep them for possible cannibalization parts. You think I don't know you? You think I can't enter your dreams at will? (laughs) You probably got all kinds of tree stands. Daddy has one. Daddy paid $35 once for a welder who made a cage for Jesse Pinkman to build him a from-scratch, all-perfect metal tree holder. And therefore, I've only got the one. Okay? You with? A lot of families, they've got multiple. I've only got the one. So what's the difference? Between unpacking 
a tree holder and throwing one on the fucking floor and saying that's where the tree is going to go. You tell me the difference. You know what a Christmas tree holder is and looks like. If I throw it on the floor and I say there's not going to be a tree there, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. That's lazy. But if I throw it on the floor there and I say, I just haven't gotten a tree yet. I'm just trying to imagine where the tree's going to be. I'm in the fucking Christmas spirit, aren't I? Especially if I put the little skirt. Yes, I have a tree skirt. Especially if I put the little skirt around it. Because what madman would put a skirt around his empty tree stand unless he meant business, I ask you? Point number five. Ready for this? I don't have a lot of furniture. So the tree is really gonna fucking help out with that. Okay? I don't have a lot of furniture and I'm not gonna be buying it because I'm planning on leaving in the next six months. So it's pretty much what I can steal from wealthy couples that don't really check if I'm Chinese or not when I check into their Airbnb. Last name, how? First name, Ni. <laughs> you haven't seen Arrested Development, have you? Good, good. <laughs> yes, yes. Everyone in China watches Arrested Development. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. And please don't think that I have anything, especially against the Chinese. They're just on my mind because I've been watching Mr. Robot. <sighs> so I don't have a lot of furniture, and I'm definitely not going to be getting any. And therefore, getting a huge fucking tree <laughs> really fills it out. Again, what if the police come inside my house on November 10th? And they see a living room with literally no furniture in it. <laughs> literally nothing. Just a Christmas tree. Literally in the middle of the living room. Almost like a partition. Like it's trying to hide the front door from the rest of my sad fucking life. <laughs> they they check to see if I'm on the state drug database, and I am. <laughs> and then they get a hit to see <laughs> about googling bodies dissolving in vinegar. <sighs> Early Christmas, there's no way it can go wrong, is what I'm saying. <laughs> this has been... <laughs> This has been why I'm going to decorate everything in Christmas style and then take pictures of that. And now when you see it on the blog and you see me like, I just love Christmas. I just think it's amazing. I just love Christmas. <laughs> now you'll know the real story. <laughs> I just, I'm realizing now I'm going to have to take pictures moving in of the place. I really am. I'm going to have to take pictures moving in 
Because I don't have enough furniture once I – because if I take, like, pictures of the studio, there's enough furniture for the studio. But then you'll just see the rest of it is just, like, empty space, like a roommate moved out. But there was never a roommate. It was just my sad mental illness. You know? It is like a beautiful mind. All right, guys. Thank you so much to each and every last person who did come out and everybody who did go ahead and donated. Well, Jody says nothing. Thank you, Jody. Maria says nothing. Thank you, Maria. Danielle says, for the sake of our coven, I gift you monies. Danielle, thank you so much. Brittany says, ignore me. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic with the upcoming. Every time, Brittany, I'm so fucking sorry. you got to be used to it at this point. It's like a running gag. Onward and upward. Can't wait to see all the good stuff that happens in the future. Here's to a great show. Thank you so much. Lisa says, congrats to you and MK. Julie says, okay, okay, I'll pay you. With lots of love. Thank you so much, Julie. I appreciate it and you very much. Come on, girls. You know you want me to say your name. Not only does you donating move up the progress bar and all the rest, you also get me to say your beautiful name and all the other girls who can't pay tonight appreciate you very much indeed. Look at how hottie this hottie is getting, I know, it was both spellings of the words. I'm just getting incorrigible. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <clears throat> Speaking of ridiculous things, would you guys like some poetry, maybe? Should we maybe begin this show that started an hour and 40 minutes ago? What do you say? Yeah? Maybe? Yeah? Okay. All right. Wouldn't want to hurry you or anything. Baby, we can take it real slow. <clears throat> I felt a funeral in my brain and mourners to and fro. Kept treading, treading, till it seemed that sense was breaking through. And when they were all seated, a service like a drum kept beating, beating, till I thought my mind was going numb. And then I heard them lift a box and creak across my soul, and with the same boots of lead again, then space began to toll. And all the heavens were a bell, and being but an ear, and I, like silence, some strange race, wrecked solitary here. And then a plank in reason broke, and I dropped down and down, and hit a world at every plunge, and finished knowing then. I Felt a Funeral in My Brain by Emily Dickinson <clears throat> Yesterday upon the stair I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. When I came home last night at three, the man was waiting there for me. But when I looked around the hall, I couldn't see him there at all. 
Go away, go away, don't you come back any more. Go away, go away, and please don't slam the door. Last night I saw upon the stair a little man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to go with Antigonish, Antigonish. Like Antigone, the play from, from Euripides or whatever. Antigonish. Antigonish, maybe? And it's either Antigonish or Antigonish. Gosh, what a strange word. My dyslexia is going in overdrive trying to figure out what this cryptic rune is. What is this word? It's poetic. This is why you don't like it. <laughs> you get to make up words, not other people. <clears throat> Who do they think they are? <clears throat> Darkness falls upon the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down. Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, The funk of forty thousand years, And grisly ghouls from every tomb Are closing in to spell your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> uh, obviously, thriller, the introduction. Apparently, the thriller rap was Written by Rod Temperton. So there we go. <clears throat> you knew I was coming for you, little one, when Kettle jumped into the fire. Towels flapped on the hooks and dogs crept off, groaning to the deepest parts of the woods. In the hackles of the dry brush, and a thin laughter started up, Mother scolded the floor warm and smooth in the pot and called you to eat, but I spoke in the cold trees. New one, I have come for you. Child hide and lie still. The sumac pushed sour red cones through the door. Copper burned in the raw wood. You saw me drag toward you. Oh, touch me, I murmured, and I licked the soles of your feet. You dug your hands into my pale, melting fur. I stole you off, a huge thing in my bristling armor. Steam rolled from my wintry arms. Each leaf shivered from the brushes we passed until they stood naked, spread like the cleaned spines of fish. Then your warm hands hummed over the shovels themselves, full of the ice and snow, and I would darken and spill all night running. 
until at last morning broke the cold earth, and I carried you home, a river shaking in the sun. Wendigo by Louise Edrich E-R-D-R-I-C-H <clears throat> Evening was in the wood, lowering with storm. A time of drought had sucked the weedy pool. The baked channels birds had done with song. Thirst was a dream of fountains in the moon. O'er willow brown music blown across the water, leisurely sliding on the weir and mill. Uneasy was the man who wandered, brooding, his face a little wider than the dusk. A drone of sultry wings flickered in his head, the end of sunset burning through the boughs. Died in a smear of red, exhausted hours, cumbered and ugly, sorrows hemmed him in. He thought somewhere there's thunder as he strove to shake off dread. He dared not look behind him, but stood the sweat of horror on his face. He blundered down a path, trampling on thistles in sudden race to leave the ghostly trees, and soon I'll be in open fields, he thought, and half-remembered starlight on the meadows, scent of mown grass and voices of tired men fading along the field paths, home and sleep in cool-swept upland spaces, whispering leaves, and far off the long, churring night-jar's note. But something in the wood, trying to daunt him, led him confused in circles through the thicket. He was forgetting his own wretched folly, and freedom was his need. His throat was choking, barbed brambles gripped and clawed from round his legs, and he floundered over snags and hidden stumps, mumbling, I will get out. I must get out. Butting and thrusting up against the baffling gloom, pausing to listen in a space twixt thorns, he peers round with peering frantic eyes. An evil creature in the twilight, looping, flapped blindly in his face. Beating it off, he screeched in terror, and straightaway something clambered heavy from an oak and dropped, bent double, to shamble at him zigzag, squat and bestial. Headlong he charges down the wood and falls with roaring brain, agony that snaps smog and blots of green and purple in his eyes. Then the slow fingers groping on his neck, and his heart the strangling clasp of death. Haunted by Siegfried Sassoon S-A-S-S-O-O-N
The soul shall find itself alone mid dark thoughts of the grey tombstone, not one of all the crowd to pry to thine hour of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude, which is not loneliness for them. The spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again, in death around thee, and in their will, shall overshadow thee. Be still. The night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall look not down from their high thrones in the hallways. With their light of hope to mortal given, but their red orbs without beam to thy weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which one would cling to thee for ever. Now our thoughts thou shalt not banish, now our visions never to vanish, now thy spirit shall thee pass no more like dewdrop from the grass. The breeze, the breath of God is still, and the mist upon the hill, shadowy, shadowy yet unbroken, is a symbol and a token how it hangs upon the trees. A mystery of mysteries. Spirits of the Dead by Edgar Allan Poe <clears throat> All houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors the harmless phantoms on their errands glide with their feet make no sound upon the floors. We meet them at the doorway, on the stair, along the passages they come and go, impalpable impressions on the air, a sense of something moving to and fro. There are more guests at table than the hosts invited. The illuminated hall is thronged with quiet, inoffensive ghosts, as silent as the pictures on the wall. The stranger at my friends cannot see the forms I see, nor hear the sounds I hear, but he perceives what is, while unto me all that has been visible is clear. We have no title deeds to house or lands, owners or occupants of earlier dates from graves forgotten stretch the dusty hands, and hold in more might still the old estate. The spirit world around this world of sense floats like an atmosphere, and everywhere wafts through these earthly mists and vapor dents a vital breath of more ethereal air. Our love lives are kept in equipose, an opposite attraction and desires. The struggle of the instinct that enjoys and the more noble instinct that aspires. These perturbations, this perpetual jar of earthly wants and aspirations high, comes from the influence of an unseen star, an undiscovered planet, in our sky. And as the moon from some dark gate of cloud throws over the seas of bridge of light, across whose trembling planks our fancies crowd into the realm of mystery and night. 
So from the world of spirits there descends a bridge of light, connecting it with this, over whose unsteady flower that sways and bends wander our thoughts above thee, dark abyss. Haunted Houses by Henry Longfellow We've got one spooky, scary poem left. Thank you to everybody who especially requested, but also on theme. I appreciate you very much. Appreciate everybody coming out for the spooky, scary Saturday show. All right. <clears throat> she rose among us where we lay. She wept and put our work away. She chilled our laughter, stilled our play, and spread our silence there. The darkness shot across the sky, and once and twice we heard her cry. We saw her lift her white hands on high and toss her troubled hair. What shape was this, and who came to us with basilisk eyes so ominous, and mouth so sweet, so poisonous, and tortured hands so pale? We saw her wavering to and fro through the dark and wind, and we saw her go, yet what her name was we did not know, and we felt our spirits fall. We tried to turn away, but still above our herd we heard the sorrow thrill, and those that slept they dreamed of ill and other dreadful things. Our skies grown red with rendering flames, shuddering hills cracked their frames of twilights foul with wings, and skeletons dancing to a tune, and cries of children stifled soon, and over all a blood-red moon, a dole and nightmare sighs. They woke and stroked to go their ways, yet everywhere they met their haze, they fixed their burning eyes. Who are you now? We cried to her. Spirits so strange, so sinister, We felt dead wings above us stir, And in the darkness heard. A voice low singing, cloying sweet, Heavily dropping through the heat, Heavy as honeyed pulses beat, Slow word by anguished word. And thought the night's strange music went her voice to cry so darkly blent We could not fathom what they meant, save only that they seemed to thin the blood along our veins, foretelling vile, delirious pains, and clouds divulging in blood-red rains upon a hill undreamed. And this we heard, who dies for me, he shall possess me secretly, my terrible beauty he shall see, and slake my body's flame. And who denies me cursed shall be, and slain and buried loathemly, and slimed upon with shame. And darkness fell, and like a sea of stumbling deaths we followed, we dared not stay behind. There all night, long beneath a cloud, we rose and fell, we struck and bowed, we were plowmen, and we were plowed, our eyes were red and blind. And some, they said, had touched her side before he fled us there, and some had taken to her bride and lain down with her and died, who had not touched her hair.
ran to and fro and cursed and cried and sought her everywhere. Her eyes have feasted on the dead, and small and shapely is her head, and dark and small is her mouth, they said, and beautiful to kiss. Her mouth is sinister and red, and blood as moonlight is. Then poets forgot their jeweled words and cut the sky with glittering swords, and innocent souls turned carrion, bir carrion birds to perch upon the dead. Sweet daisy fields were drenched with death, the air became a charnel breath, pale stones were splashed with red. Green leaves were dappled bright with blood, and fruit trees murdered in the bud, and where at length the dawn came green as twilight from the east, and all the heaving horror ceased. Silent was every bird and beast, and the dark voice was gone. No word was there, no song, no bell, no furious tongue that dreamed to tell, only the dead who rose and fell above the wounded men. And whisperings and wails of pain, blown slowly from the wounded grain, blown slowly from the smoking plain, and silence had fallen again. Until it does, from God knows where, beneath dark birds that fill the air, like one who did not hear or care under a blood-red cloud. Aged plowman came along and drove his share through flesh and bone and turned them under to mold and stone all night long he plowed. The Vampire by Conrad Aiken, A-I-K-E-N. And if you think I sound fucking amazing as I do, and you want to help me plow all night long, go ahead and throw me some money. You know that I'd love it for you, honey. Let's go ahead and do some quick quotes before we do it. We don't really have love letters. We've got two little quick uh, letters. <laughs> technically speaking. And so we'll go right in there. So throw me money in the tip jar if you haven't tonight, baby. Especially if you're listening to the fucking episode right before Halloween. Look at all the things I did for you. You're not going to be a dirty, dirty witch for me. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Come on, baby. Make me the plowman and fill me up all night long. <sighs> What are you going to do with me when I'm happy? Hmm? You've barely been able to contain me as is. What are you going to do with me happy? What are you going to do with me on a regular sleep schedule? What are you going to do with me loosey-goosey and just, like, ecstatic? How are you going to resist me when I start doing my bullshit? If I come into your DMs and I'm like, hey, baby, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, baby girl, I don't know either. Baby girl, it's okay. I won't hurt you. <laughs> oh, you want me to hurt you? <laughs> oh, I, I guess I could a little bit. You, you promise you won't tell anybody, right? 
It's going to be a good fucking year. Oh, yeah. Good scratchies. No one wants to do a quick quote, huh? Daddy feels so, so neglected. <laughs> see, it's so soft. See, there's nothing to be scared of. Maybe. I won't tell anybody that you enjoy it if you don't. It'll be our little secret. And you can just like the way that it feels. Just a little bit more, just a little bit more, I promise. Just you and me, just a little bit more, we'll tell anybody, ready? I know it's going to be silly, I know. Close your eyes and enjoy it, baby girl. Here we go. that didn't loosen you up for some money, I don't know what well. So here we go. <clears throat> I can't get enough of my princess. Let me make you shiver. Angel baby, come sit down in daddy's lap and let him play with your hair. Right here, beautiful in my arms and snuggle up. You sound so good with my cock in that pretty little mouth, baby girl. Oh, baby girl. <laughs> you love it when I tease you. Don't make me go over there, sweetheart. Oh, baby girl, you taste so good. Daddy just wants to eat you all up. Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, I'm also very happy for my mood, and uh, I'm so glad that you know you're a witch. Jennifer, thank you so much. Congrats to me and Mrs. Kitty. We both appreciate you. Sierra, thank you so much, darling. I appreciate you. Would you do the evil laugh from Thriller again? Yes, absolutely. Let me actually try and do it real good as we finish up quick quotes. <clears throat> I'll give you the full evil laugh, even though it's a little bit late because I'm moving out of here. So here we go. Uh -uh. 
Come here, darling. <clears throat> One second, sorry. <clears throat> I did so good the last, like, two and a half hours, too. And I gotta make that ugly noise for Allie to go ahead and edit out at 123. Come here. Damn it. <clears throat> Come here, darling. And run those pretty nails all over Daddy's chest. One more time. One more time. Let me get situated. And I'm not in my power stats. <clears throat> Come here, darling. And run those pretty nails all over Daddy's chest. Eh, better. Uh, all right. All right. I think that was it for quick quote. People cleared out real hard. People cleared out real hard once I got to the poetry. <laughs> I'm going to assume that they're all European and they just couldn't stay awake no more. So now I get to do the rest of the show for me. And somebody requested that I do an evil laugh. Real good. So here we are. <clears throat> nope, one more second. <clears throat> Gosh, this is starting to feel like a good place, like routine. Uh, Michael, and I'm going to keep starting. <laughs> Give me one second. One, God damn it. One, I want to do this right. It's Halloween. Give me one second. Now, here's, here's the question. Is this all showmanship? Could I do the laugh at any time? And was that all just to bait it out? Or am I going to biff it again? Here we go. Only one way to find out. But before you do, can I just... All right. <clears throat> I have fun. I don't know if you do. stance and red face and everything. Oh, a little lightheaded. Oh, boy. Oof. All right. Uh, okay. Who am I? Where am I? Okay. Uh, see, the problem with when, when you laugh that hard is you get your, your internal PSI up and you squeeze your brain a little bit, so I think I might be a mechanic named Randy. There's something about oiling shafts there's something about finicky customers. It's coming back to me slowly. Uh, I will always take it as a compliment when somebody compares me to Hugo Weaving uh, as a voice actor. He's very good, except in the interview, his best movie. It's very ironic. For anybody who has not seen Hugo Weaving slash Agent Smith in the interview 
I implore you to do it because for one, it's an amazing movie. It's really good. It's really strong. I think you'll enjoy it. I won't give anything away. Two, the Australian accents are hilarious because they're talking about high crimes and they're doing it with that pithy, semi-British because they're on-camera Australian kind of posh accent. And it's fucking amazing. I don't know what you're talking about, eh? Bloody salvos, huh? Bloody salvos at the salve, eh? What are you talking about? I'm going to put you away for murder. Murder, eh? <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> This is not love letters because it's because uh, it's Halloween. So these are love letters, but not love letters. These are great selections. Thank you to both who came up with them. If you are a girl and have a pit bull's terrier, stop. This message is for a young lady who owns multiple pit bull terriers. So if this is not you, cease reading. I see you nearly every lunch hour of mine in here. You seem to have three to four dogs. Two black ones and a brindle, along with a mongrel, and I am not yet familiar with. Perhaps it belongs to your friend. Yesterday you were here with a friend and a brown dog and the mongrel. Every time that I see you coming, I want to approach you and introduce myself. Instead... I find myself overcome by shyness and jumping off the trail and watching you from afar. But yesterday, I slipped up and almost came out and said hello, but thought better of it. I was too close, and you could smell my cologne. I was close enough to hear you ask your friend if she smelt cologne. I watched you stop and smell the air. You reminded me of a tiny fox, the way you lifted your face and scented the air. I know that your dog seen me because the hair on its neck stood up. I watched you grab your dog before he could bolt into the woods. Thankfully for me, it's a very big dog. I am very impressed every time I see you in the woods. You seem to realize when you're being watched, but perhaps you're very large and aggressive-looking dogs, plus the bear spray and the concealed knife that I know that you carry give you some sense of security. However, you obviously have sharp senses, as every time that you stop and look around yourself, I feel as if I'm almost caught. I just wanted to tell you that I think you're very beautiful and have a beautiful body. I don't intend for this message to scare you, as it shouldn't. I only hope that one day I am courageous enough to come out and say hello. I realize that other people who read this might find it creepy, but you seem smart enough to know the difference. And frankly, it's no one else's business. In 2014, the note was found on a dog walking trail in British Columbia. 
Police interviewed the woman they believe was the note's target, but the author's identity remains a mystery. A picture of the note follows. Thank you very much to whoever requested that one. What a creepy fucking note. <laughs> Don't go walking your dogs in British Columbia. <clears throat> Having trouble with the living? Having tired of having your home space violated? Want to get rid of them pesky living creatures once and for all? Well, come on down to the afterlife's leading bio-exorcist. Yes, sirree. Come on down and I'll tell you, I'll do anything. I'll scare them real bad. Hell, maybe I'll even possess them myself. Whoo! I've got demons running all through me. All through. Come on down and see it. And if you act now, I'll give you a free demon possession with every exorcism. Yeah, you can't beat a deal like that, can you? Hell, bring the little pards down on here. We got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. <laughs> There's no problem at all with it all. So, say it once. Say it twice. Say it three times a charm. And then remember, I'll eat you anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you don't want me to swallow. Come on. I'll chew a dog. That would be Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice, which I just saw, or else there's no way I would have been able to do that monologue. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Making me do legitimately, like, the greatest actors, one of his crazy, like, the craziest. That guy is insane for a whole movie. There's a whole movie where he starts off insane, and the first line is him talking to himself. He goes, this place smells like balls. And it won an Academy Award. And when doing something from that one, nah. Do the one with the snakes. Everyone likes the double snake. <laughs> Honest to God, just real quick before we get into... Uh, the porn of it. The spooky, spooky, scary porn. <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to be able to read it all. You guys have been so great with the uh, requests. We may have to save some. We've got some real spooky, scary porn here. How many people have actually seen Babadook? Since it's, since it's the last chance of the year to tell you about a spooky movie. Babadook is an Australian scary movie. I want to say 2015, somewhere around there. Uh, if you haven't seen The Babadook and you want a scary movie, you absolutely, positively have to see The Babadook. Uh, it's one of the few scary movies I've seen three times. I wanted to watch it three times because the movie changes on its second viewing quite a bit, at least for me, for my interpretation. And I wanted to see if my theory held up on a third viewing. I enjoyed the movie and the screenplay that much. The acting's really good. It's very scary. It's very intimate. And it's not a jump scare movie. And there's no heads dangling with blood and gore dropping out of their neck holes or anything like that. So even if you're a wimp, you should definitely consider Baba Duke. All one word. B-A-B-A-D-O-O-K. Baba Duke. 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 Yes? All right. One of the most interesting female-centric, uh, a feminine-centric horror movies ever made. 
A lot of horror movies will put women uh, in them, and then like 45 minutes in, the woman will just be like G.I. Joe. She'll be like, I'm tired of watching my friends die! And, you know, has a chance to become the last girl. So they're not really very feminine. They're not very... And I mean, I like this about horror. I do. There's nothing against it. I mean, horror is one of the few genres where a woman might make it to the end if people are dying. <laughs> uh, CLA Noir. Um, but Duke actually, if I'm going to make an appeal to my audience, and one thing that I think is super interesting about as a man, because I don't think a man would ever write the screenplay, is that the horror of Duke is largely about being a woman, about largely what it is to be a woman. What is evil and sinister in the Duke world is inherently connected to being a woman and having a woman's experience through this life. Now, that's very interesting to me, and how many horror movies can you name do anything like that? So there's my appeal to Duke, especially towards North American and European audience that maybe have never heard of it. Once again, I want to say everybody, thank everybody for coming out, tipping all the rest, making it all possible. You can tell that I'm getting right into show mode because I've been talking for three fucking hours at this point. So I definitely want to bring it on home. Uh, let's just go ahead. Yeah, I think so. I think I've got my patch. So... <clears throat> She noticed the tiny makeshift private rooms as he led her through the darkened corridors of the seedy private club. Thin chipboard walls supported internal locking doors, some left ajar to reveal bareboard floors and waterproof mattresses on raised platforms. A solitary, sickly yellow bare bulb glowed in the low corner, throwing elongated shadows up the walls like ghouls. She shuddered and stalled as he paused, causing her to lurch forward like a baby deer on high gloss heels, stumbling into his broad back. He stopped as she righted herself and turned, smiling slowly as he backed her up against the door immediately behind her. In you go, he directed. He stopped forward and caught her lower lip between his teeth in a slow-motion tango. She then retreated into the room until the back of her naked thighs met the cold mattress. He released her swollen, bruised lip and wiped his mouth against her bare collarbone. Sent down, he urged. He closed the door and turned, casually surveying her nervous, cowed posture. She cast furtive glances around the small wooden walls and the playroom that boxed them in like a coffin, and she twisted her delicate hands in a laugh. She turned her attention to him and tried to conceal her trepidation as she corrected her seat, straightening her back and lowering her eyes to focus on the tops of his pointed polished boots. Sweat ran down the bare back, yet again she felt chilled, adrenaline and cortisol coursing through her veins. She cautiously remembered their revealing conversation in the car en route to the evening and tried to relax. They were just going to play. It was no different to home. The only difference was that this time they could be heard by others. She swallowed and took a steadying breath as she felt the rope 
trail across her shoulder blades. He took his time binding her, savoring the sharp contrast of the black cotton weave against her ivory skin. He raised goosebumps on her sensitive flesh as a single column of ties wrapped her wrists of ankles and a single length feeding through them all. He slowly lowered her to the floor, her nose cheekily nudging against her straining, clothed cock like a kitten seeking milk. He pulled the central rope tight to create a constricting front hogtie that she couldn't raise herself away from. The flickering bulb illuminated her bare breasts and her heaving rib cage. She opened her mouth to protest, and he placed his palm over her lips. Shh, now, he whispered. They'll hear you. The only word I want to hear out of that pretty mouth is your safe word understand? Or you tap out. Is that clear? Her eyes widened, nostrils flared to catch the breath that she needed, the last thing she saw before he placed the flock-lined mask over her eyes was the door handle slowly turn behind him. Silence. She wriggled a little, testing her binds. Exposed and secure, the rough board scratched at her back and her hips, her bare minimum heels pedaling as she tried to gain some traction. Silence. Not silence. Her heartbeat thundered in her chest, and a warm breath from above ghosted her breasts. She moaned as her nipples bunched, betraying her. He dipped lower, nipping each one in turn, sucking them into her hot, wet mouth, flicking his tongue rapidly over the tips, canines grazing and igniting the hot wire that electrified the speedway to her clit. Fuck! She arched her back, a silent begging for more. Nothing. She turned her head, straining to hear where she was. Mistake. Teeth closed around her neck and bitten to the muscle at the juncture of her shoulder, hard. As she cried out the silence without her mouth, his mouth, too quick. She took a breath and held it at his fingertip and drew a continuous line from her cheek to her cunt, stopping to press her clit. She bucked against him, trying to widen her stance against the rope, a perfect predicament of pleasure and pain. The wider she stretched, the lighter the binds burned her ankles. His fingertip circled ever so slowly, then rapidly penetrated to her to the hilt. He chuckled behind her. Wait, what? Before she could grasp at the thread of the thought that slid in another one, two fingers, and agonizingly finger-fucked her, grazing her G-spot out of the stroke, dragging his palm against her clit in one fluid motion. Faster. Her strings pulled as a taut as the bull became her puppet, rocking her hips against the sopping hand as his others pinned her to the ground like a museum specimen on a butterfly board, but her throat. Her mouth opened in a silent cry as his velvet-leaking cocktip brushed her lips. What? She jerked in shock, trying to center herself as her mind whirled like a spinning top. She whined her jaw as she accepted this pulsing length and greedily swallowed him as her planned treat. 
The hand there released her and gripped her face before gently slapping her cheek. Her hand pawed open, her closed, clutching at something and nothing, as another cock replaced the fingers that stretched her open. His. They fell into coordinated, co-top rhythms, dominating her body. And her mind. Friction burns bloomed on her back as she was pulled to and fro like a coveted toy. Two pairs of strong hands kneaded, pulled, pinched, and gripped at the sod into her. The lurching, ghoulish shadows stretched on the contractions around the walls and ceiling, cast by the sickly yellow glow. Harder, she heard one say to the other as they upped their ante, driving her towards oblivion as she imploded around him, them, him. They choked and released primal guttural screams as both simultaneously left her body, arching and emptying their searing cum, pulsed and splattering across the heaving breasts and belly, painting her like a postmodern canvas. She slumped, exhausted. There come slitting from their cocks form onto the boards below her. She faintly heard the rise in the distance far, far away, some whispering, shuffling. The door. Silence. Her breath, her heartbeat, her knotted hair catching on the rough floor, his hands, his body, his heat, cocooning her, wrapping her. Over and around her, caring for her, protecting her, calming her. You left me in the dark. She slurred, almost inaudible to him. Not quite, my love. He murmured, remember our conversation. But you certainly burned bright. In the darkness for us. In the Dark by Kissingura. K I S U N G U R A. Kissingura. I think that's not our first piece. Very erotic. Very erotic indeed. All right, guys, I have a long-ass ghost story here, and I asked for a long-ass erotic ghost story. It's too long because I took too long talking about my stuff, just rambling, trying to get that sweet, sweet money from you. So I've got more stories here, but whoever sent in the long ghost story, I just want you to say, I just want to say, you did perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what it needs to be. I don't know when we're going to do it because it is a ghost sexy story. Uh, but thank you so much for that. We are going to go ahead. We're going to read two other quick pieces. We've got two more short pieces. I think they're both porn, and then we're out. No, we've got one thing that I should have read earlier. All right, guys, this is going to be the last piece. God damn it. I'm sorry. We just can't do the ghost piece because it's literally like 45 minutes long. Uh, so we're going to do this last little porn piece. So it's our last tip thing, ending on a whimper. Start on a bang. Uh, if you do want to go ahead and throw those tips in for the end of the show, go ahead. And this is it. This is the final tip window. Thank you to each and every last one of you who did go ahead and come on out, especially the ghost story and the person who requested the chapter 10 thing. You know who you are. Uh, I should have gotten that to earlier. I mistakenly thought that was porn. My bad. Not even. I'm not even high at this point. I've been talking so long and I haven't even gotten to smoke. So I'm sober. This is it. 
if you want daddy at the end of a show, this is this is pretty much it. You're going to get honest opinions about the music tonight. <clears throat> Final piece for the evening. I've had an amazing time. I know you can tell. I hope you've had an amazing time, too. I can't tell because you're sitting at home or you're listening to this after the fact. And if you're listening to this after the fact, shouldn't you come out to a live show? Because I'm going to have a housewarming party. There's not going to be a show next Friday. I'm going to have a housewarming party. Don't you think you should come out to that and be all like, oh, my God, we missed you so much? Because the podcast will be back by then for sure. Oh, my God, we missed everything in the podcast and you and everything. You should definitely come out to that if you're listening at home. If you're with me and you're live, I appreciate you. But I can't always tell if you're having a good time, especially if you're totally fucking quiet. So I hope you all had a good evening, just like I did. Let's get into this last piece. The monsters under the bed don't want to kill. They want to frighten, to bind, to use. They want to take up a fragile human body and wrench it for every scream, every shudder. They want to watch muscles contort and limbs strain, frail bodies struggling against inescapable magic. They want to see horror and desire with wide eyes, bodies that pled for more with delicate minds breaking. Fairy tales don't tell you that, do they? Don't look under the bed, keep the closet shut. Close your eyes and they'll go away. Oh, but they won't go. They'll wait. Red eyes in the dark. Hot breath on your exposed heels. Claws that tap and scratch at the headboard. And a voice that whispers your name. Weird. Ignore them, ignore them, ignore them, ignore them, ignore them, ignore them, ignore them. Squeeze your eyes tight, blanket over your head. You're a grown woman and monsters aren't real. But they are real. I've seen them. I've felt them. I've let them touch. Because you have to be curious, don't you? You have to wonder what would happen if you didn't shut the closet or if you let your feet hang over the bed, out over the covers. You have to wonder what happened if you leaned over in the dark and peered out under the bed and said, Come out! Dark red eyes. Sharp black claws. A tail long enough to coil around my limbs, restrained prey, helpless to resist, helpless to run. A fly should try and break free from the spider's web, but what if the spider's poison is sweet? What if it burns going down but settles so smooth? What if the terrifying maw of sharp teeth and that long, dripping tongue held on to the sweetest poison of all? The beast under the bed, that one, with claws and tongue, with powerful limbs to restrain, he weighted my bed down. Muscles collided tight under the night-black scaled flesh. Inhuman. His long-scaled tail held me pinned to the bed, flat on my stomach, as the tip of it slid beneath my teeth, over my tongue, down my throat. Relax. 
learn to breathe me good. The scales were smooth, unnatural to feel in my mouth, a sensation unlike any other. There's no taste, only the feeling of that serpentine limb snaking down my throat. Claws dug back and raked down, burning in perfect pain. I groaned and the beast hissed with pleasure as my throat constricted around his tail. Not too loud. You don't want to know what will happen if the others hear you. Such a strange voice, smooth and so deep, deeper than any voice I'd heard, deeper than any human could speak. It echoed in my head, like an irresistible thought, penetrating my skull. The only sound that came from the beast himself were the low growls of the rumbling with his terrifying jaws, lined with two rows of sharp teeth that salvated over my back. I was worried about the others hearing me, my roommates in their bedrooms down the hall, but not because I feared what might happen to them, but because I feared that the beast might stop. As his thick tail filled my throat, every thrust of it within me making my eyes fill with tears from lack of air, his claws gripped into my thighs, and a long guttural growl came for him. To my right... If I could see him coming over the reflection in my floor-length mirror, he was reptilian, too long-limbed to be humanoid with large red eyes that seemed to melt into the rest of his serpentine head. My eyes widened and the tears that had welded there began to fall as I realized why he had growled so deeply. A shelled mound on his lower abdomen had receded, releasing a monstrous cock as large as my forearm, thick and veined, with ripples along its length, and I couldn't fathom imagining it fitting all inside me. I wriggled, half-hearted struggled, as his tail withdrew from my mouth and instead wrapped tightly around my throat. Behave. Stop struggling. It will hurt, but nothing you cannot endure. The promise of pain made me shake, but even so, despite the fear, I raised my hips a little closer to that massive cock. I wanted to know what it felt like to be stretched, to be absolutely stuffed, to be dominated and bred by a monster. A low purr rumbled through the beast as his three-fingered hands spread my ass cheeks, exposing my dripping cunt. In the mirror, I watched a long-tongued snake from his jaws down, down, and looked tenderly along my folds. Its texture was rough, almost like the tongue of a cat, and my sensitive nerves were nearly overwhelmed by the sensation. I buried my face in the pillow and moaned as he continued to taste me. It didn't take the beast long to discover that lapping over my clit made my thighs shake and moans rise and pitch, so that was where he focused his attentions. He held me firmly down the whole time, so that the only movement I could manage as he drove me closer and closer to orgasm were pitiful struggles against his strength. While his tongue plunged inside me, it was almost too 
much. I squirmed beneath him, my moans muffled as his rough tongue stimulated my most sensitive internal spots. But then, cruelly, too soon, his tongue withdrew. I bucked my hips, whining so close to the shattering orgasm that the concept of it being taken away from me made me want to hit him. Another low purr, a laugh, rumbled out of him. Such an impatient human. You're almost feral in your desire, and you'll be allowed your peak, but only... Once you've been filled with my seed, you must be trained properly. Your pleasure comes from me. I moaned, desperate sounding with need. My cunt was pulsating from his ministrations, almost painful in its need to release. I raised my hips again in invitation. Please, I begged, please breed me. I felt the thick head of his cock press against me and realized in an instant how much my body would have to strain to accommodate him. I began to shake, but my desire was greedier than my fear. I kept my hips raised and he began to enter me slowly, but even at the ache of that thick cock entering made me want to press my face down into the pillows again as I tried to muffle my shriek. His thickness filled my insides as he held me firmly in place, claws prickling into my arms as his tail tightened around my throat. I could no longer keep quiet. The deeper he went, the more the ache intensified, but so too did his pleasure at my hole gripped around him. Too loud. You'll never be able to keep them all silent. His tail demand entry past my lips again. His tail filled my mouth, effectively gagging me. He plunged in the rest of his length inside me, and I screamed. But the sound was too garbled to be heard over as he filled my throat. He began to thrust into me, every moment feeling as if it might tear me in two, but the feeling... God, no place was untouched. My overstimulated body craved the thickness, yearned for it almost in an unbearable pain. His growls intensified, as did his grip on me. His claws sunk into my skin, but the pain was too pleasurable. Roughly, he released my arms and instead gripped my hips, forcing them higher, allowing him to thrust ever deeper inside me. He was brutal, minimalistic, monstrous. Impaled from both ends, I felt myself nearing an orgasm again. I was trying to babble, somewhere between pleading for more and begging for mercy, but my words were unintelligible. One long stroke after another, if he hadn't been holding onto me so tightly, there's no way I would have managed to keep myself up. My human body was utterly weak in small comparison to his. He maneuvered and used me like a tiny doll for his pleasure. You will be filled with my seed soon, human. You may have your peak. His dark words echoed around my head, and as if on command, my body began to shake. His tail filled my throat, and the lack of oxygen had me head swimming as the orgasm racked my body. My muscles clenched, impossibly tight around him, making me feel limp in a gushing mess as my eyes rolled to the bag of my head. His cock pulsed. His pleased rumbling shuddered through my body. I could feel his seed gushing inside me with every pulse. 
overfilling me, spilling out and down my leg. He left me utterly spent. I felt him creep back off the bed and heard his claws scrape against the floorboards as he slid back into his hiding place. I was aching and gasping, my head light with pleasure, my body flooded with endorphins. Until next time, human. He rumbled, a dark and distant voice beneath my bed. You're mine now. Beast Under the Bed by Harley LaRue, L-A-R-O-U-X, Beast Under the Bed. Guys, that was a very special Saturday show. If you did come out live, you did get about three and a half hours of me. Uh, pretty good amount of recording time, too. I gave you everything I had with the laugh. I gave you everything I had with the stories. I'm so excited for what comes next. I know you guys are, too. Last bit, thank you to everybody who tipped. Thank you so much. Aaron, you do sound amazing. So happy for you. Thank you so much. Alice, nothing. Thank you, baby. Angel, baby, nothing. Thank you, baby. Sabrina, your Beetlejuice was amazing. Oh, you, you're amazing. Thank you. Angie, from the brat. Oh, my goodness. Can I just say, it's so great being the Grey Knight. I had a great night being the Grey Knight. I hope you had a great night listening to the Grey Knight. Yes? Good? We've got music coming up here. Oh, I need to definitely hit that. Sorry, everybody. There's music out to the live shows. This is the end of the recording. Come out to a live show. You'll hear what I'm about to say next. Bye. Hit the tip link below and send me money. You know you want to. Bye.